Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Let's go ahead and get started. I want to go ahead and pull out this, this first topic. We might as well go ahead and get started off the, off the top. Um, and actually, this was... No, let me let me go back a little bit. We had a lot of games this past weekend. We had a whole lot of games this yes, weekend. Um, let me see. We had Prairie View and Texas Southern. Uh, I think it was Miles and Alabama, Alabama State. Alabama, Alabama State. Uh, fam you and Jackson State. Uh, so it was it was a couple of them. Um, I want to kind of go around the room real quick and just get a couple of your thoughts on all of these games. Uh, and then Maya, I got to get your info on what you thought about the National Battle of the Bands and them dance lines. So we we gotta we gotta backtrack just a little bit. All right. So Mario, first, what you, what you think about uh, those uh, performances this week? I mean, the one that stuck out to me, man, uh, was definitely Texas Southern in Prairie View, uh, Labor Day Classic, man. I, I just thought I was really impressed. Well, I mean, I actually like both bands. It, you know, I didn't see neither band was like nobody was slouch. It was just like I felt like Texas Southern was just going crazy. I, I, I was really impressed with them with that small band and that sound. And it wasn't like because they've been small, obviously, for years, like throughout, you know, but they sound they sound best i've ever heard them that's the best that i've ever heard texas southern and i don't know the 80s Texas southern i ain't from houston so whatever but i'm just telling you from my experiences i uh i definitely was digging texas southern but i was like in prairie view too i felt prairie view was they hitting the, uh the little rap daddies now like i said they hitting the little rap songs and everything it used to be a little bit more um on the other end i feel like they kind of switching places a little bit but i mean it'll be interesting to see how the season season develop Cause those songs are easy to learn in the beginning of the year. But as far as the fam, um, Jackson's, I was not impressed with either band for that. I have to be honest. I mean, fam is like, they, I don't know, man. I would, it's like they left, you know how you like kind of on top and then you leave and you, you come back thinking that you kind of the same person. Not, not, not the same. They're not the same to me. Um, it still sounds like good on the field ish, but that stand stuff. That's just like, they need to do something else. I don't know, man. But yeah, that's my whole take on that. Alabama State Miles, I like Alabama State a lot, man. Miles is louder, but Alabama State sounds good to me this year. I have I was impressed with their sound. So I'm gonna always go with the sound. I mean, that maybe that's the musician in me, but I'm always go with the sound. So that's my take. All right, all right. Uh well, we just had somebody yeah, else walk into the room. Uh there we go, my man Quan. Man, we might everybody. We might as well add Quan to the picture. This and, is- hey, you, and look, you you see him in here, right? You see him in here. I yeah, Quan, you, you with us, man? You with the crew, bro? I yeah. sent him a message today. He was like, "Yo, I'm supposed to be on today." I was like, "Yeah, I shocked you, didn't I?" Yeah. Hey, so, hey. I, I see Quan more than I see Ken. Oh man, he just gonna he's just gonna keep it on that man. Ken, I see you, bro. Where you at, bro? All right, Rick. What's your thoughts about this past weekend? Uh, I, I I I have to concur with my good brother Mario here. Uh, uh <laughs> watching the Texas Southern and uh and FAMU battle, I Bruh. must say that I was just not impressed. Uh, <laughs> very boring, my friend. Um, 
I'm gonna just say something. Fam, you? I mean, sorry. Oh, fam, you and Jackson. Sorry. Fam, you and Jackson. Sorry. I'm gonna have something that's in your cup. No, fam, you and Jackson, man. Like, highly disappointed in Jackson. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, early, maybe they're just getting over COVID. I don't know, but they've been playing for a while, so I don't know why. I just, eh, and play, the, uh, it just wasn't there. And then I'm going to have to concur with Mario, man. That doggone fam, man. It's a combination of the sound is not there anymore. Like, just a lot of stickouts, a lot of uh, just unequal contribution, bad timbre from the Trump. It was just bad. And then not only that, they played the smartest kid in the classroom again. Oh, it's the fifth quarter. Let's let's open up with a march. I'm like, come on, dude. We get it. You're you're more intellectual. You're you're better than everybody else. You can say that as much as you want, but if you play a, a march at the beginning of the fifth quarter, which is traditionally say for the beginning of the game, and then it don't sound good, uh, that, to me that's instant ale. So that's uh, that's my opinion of that one. Uh, but then you get that dude who played that baritone, that clip they've been showing of that dude on baritone man. from Jackson. Wilding on the baritone. <laughs> and they be quick no. to talk trash about somebody else, but then they come out there sounding with that mess. That man but, baritone sound like this. <laughs> You're like, but he was blowing though. But he was blowing though. Like, and I'm like, yeah, he was blowing, blowing my mind with how ridiculous he sounds. But anyway, uh, yeah. So that battle gets the yeah miss. Um, hold up, wait. So let me let me do it right. That battle got a double deduction. Yeah, I know. Haven't seen that video. It's hilarious. But yeah. um. Miles and Alabama State, and this go. I'm gonna sound like a broken record here, but I'm sounding like my boy Mario. But this is absolutely the best that I've ever heard Alabama State. I don't know what's happening there, and it's refreshing. But kudos to whoever's standing in front of that ensemble, man. They're moving in the right direction, and I hope it's not one of those things where like everybody sounds good at the beginning of the year. We're gonna listen to our band director, and then by the end of the year, Southern standing across the way, and they're like, "We about to blow this hole. Fuck man, we gonna blow this hole." Yeah. So, Alabama State, kudos, uh, Miles. You know, a uh, good brother over there doing his thing. You know, Miles. You know, I think Miles is a good band. I think they they have work to do just like everybody else. But you know, good good representation. That. That game was actually pretty, pretty entertaining. And then we get to Prairie View in Texas Southern. Ugh. All right. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and approach it. I don't care. First of all, uh, Mario, I agree. I think this is absolutely one of the best outings I've heard from Texas Southern as far as changing the sound. Did it sound great? No. Mm-mm. But it's definitely moving in the right direction. That young brother is definitely doing some some work with that band. I heard a lot of opportunities or a lot of places where the band actually played with a melded sound instead of the baritones just overriding everybody. Um, it's moving in the right direction. You could tell that brother is doing some work. The tuba section, excuse me, the tuba section 
the euphoniums. This was that? strong. <laughs> that was a scene. <laughs> <laughs> but the two the low brass section. Is <laughs> that high brass section, that's that's gonna be the Achilles heel of his band, man. You got 14 trumpets and 10 mellophones trying to balance all that sound coming from behind them. That's gonna be a tough ass, bro. Kudos to Brian. But I'm gonna just put it out there. Texas Southern didn't play but three songs to hold their ongoing game and sat on their hands until the fifth quarter so they could have a good showing in the fifth quarter. I've heard this from many people that were at the game. Fight song, maybe one song, uh, June, whatever, June 26th, I think it's called. 27. Don't do Yeah, June 27th. No, I'm from Houston. Sorry. Um, and and um, one of the uh, that was it. They played three songs the whole game. So, if this was any other band, come on, Swag fans. If this was any other band, if they went in there, if 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 um, Texas Sub, I mean not Texas, uh, Jackson State, uh, Alabama, and anybody else went in there and played three songs the whole game, what would y'all be saying? I know y'all want to support my man. You know, Brian, kudos to you, brother. But let's be real here. You can't play three songs the whole game and then. Give an all out performance in the fifth quarter and expect somebody to say, so, uh, Texas Southern, kudos to you guys. Prairie View always, you know, Prairie View has a consistent approach, they sound good, man. They they are hitting the rap dad is heavy, uh, but I think they were trying to go in there and prove a point. I think they were trying to bully uh, Texas Southern, like we can do what you do and better. So I think that was the approach. Uh, definitely some things to work on. That dog on Mellophone Solo or Mellophone Fan Fail. Ooh, they could have they could have kept that mess. But um, yeah. <laughs> quadruple deduction. He said his whistle was more in tune. <laughs> but um, tweet tweet. <laughs> but lastly, that Southern man, Southern played Ball State this weekend. And Southern sound like they on a mission, bro. Like, I, man, there was clarity there that, you know, I think Kendrick is really starting to make the band what he wanted it to be. And I was pretty impressed with some of these clips. I don't know if the uh, audio was altered or not, but Southern sound like they on a mission this this year, bro. So I hope everybody up for that battle. Um, and that's pretty much all I saw. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Quan, I'm I'm gonna save I'm gonna say the best for last, so I'm just letting you know. Good, ma. All right, so, Quan, uh, <laughs> so New York. <laughs> what up, B? What up, What's B? Your thoughts on this past week? This past weekend. Uh, um, I, I think we for the band Hayes, we 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 all agree. Um, and when I saw the family Jackson, it was like okay, you know. It, it was okay. Um, but, I mean, I was actually at the Texas Southern Labor Day Classic, Texas Southern Prairie game. And uh, I must say, every year uh, I'm impressed with the uh, consistency and sound of Prairie View. Uh, in my opinion, I think you get the best of both worlds. You get the clarity. Uh, you hear the voices. Uh, but you also you have uh, song selections, in my opinion, that are, that are more eclectic than ever. Uh, like y'all say, we got the rap songs, but in that fifth quarter, I believe they played Danger by Erica Badu. I was like, damn, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, like no, I don't think nobody would ever have thought to uh, play one of those songs. I mean, they were they was jamming the whole night. Uh, now, the last time we was talking about percussion, now they had a percussion battle. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't too uh, what's the word like just impressed with the percussion battles. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I think uh, I think. The Funk Train, Texas Southern, was consistent. Uh, I was looking for a little bit more from um, the Marching Storm drumline, um, but I think it was one cadence that I was like, man, like, it's 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 a banger, but I wanted to see more percussion, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. Any, any, anything else? Uh, ooh, all right. I, I wanted to see a drum feature, too, though. I, oh. I did. I did. All right. All right. Just, just a little bit. All right, the moment we we all been waiting for. <laughs> so, Ma, you got to go back a little ways because we we first got to get your thoughts on the national battle of the bands, and and then we got to bring it up to this past weekend. So, go for it. Oh Lord, okay. Um, let's see. What about the details for me? Um, you know, y'all y'all first thing is always listening to the sound and, and the the musicality of the band itself. Sure. But, you know, I did the majority of my research based off of auxiliaries and dance lines and things of that nature. So, um, let's see, upsets? Uh, okay, as far as the National Battle of Bands, I think the Dolls took the field, definitely. Um, I can definitely, it, it seems as if they, those, they're, they're field girls. Well, they're crabs, they're, they're crab heavy. I think it's only two old heads on the line right now, so that's automatically gonna put you at an uphill battle anyway. But it definitely seems like their field girls. Their field was outstanding, especially for it to be the first one out the gate. Um, cohesiveness, technique, everything. They was jamming a little bit too. Um, so for me, they took the cake in terms of the national ballot events. Um, in the stands, I think I don't even think Southern played that many songs in the stands. Um, from the 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 videos that I want to look at, the stands wasn't that great for me for them. Um, not band wise, dog wise. Um, I think a lot of people look to them to see exactly, okay, well, what the dogs going to do, what the dogs going to do. They are one of the teams with the biggest platform, so of course they have that unanimous type of what are they going to do. Um, I don't know, they definitely got a lot of work to do. Let's see, Jackson State, I think they only paid one song in the stands there, or from what I saw. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Um, let's see, who else is there? 14K? Uh... The captain, she did it for me. Everybody else was kind of like a blur. It was uh, given very much lackluster. Uh, let's see. I can't even think of who else was there. Oh, uh, Golden Light. Um. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed. Um, it was. They weren't together. I do. I've always enjoyed the fact that they can go. They run a full field show. So from beginning to end, they're always doing something. So that's always kudos off the back. However, the execution of everything, there was some timing issues. There was some spacing issues. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of acrobats on the field. The constant flipping and that, it's just, it's not my favorite thing. So, you know, there's that. Uh, everybody else that went, I uh, didn't really even pay attention to, honestly. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> my homework maybe just wasn't memorable enough. So, okay. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> All right, before, before, <laughs> hey, before, uh, Maya, before you go about this past weekend, okay, I want to go ahead and say this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the moment you all have been waiting for. Everybody, welcome Ken to the panel. <laughs> what up, though, LB? All right, you know uh, what it is, baby. <laughs> oh, God. All right, here we go. So, thank you. Uh, Ken, what's up, my dude? Hey, how you doing? What's up, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Rick, Rick has been waiting on this moment, but yeah. for what? But we got to move forward. Let, let, let's get Maya out the way first, and then because Ken, since you in here, you we, we got to talk to you too. So, Maya, uh, give us your thoughts on this past weekend. Uh, out the gate, Lemonade Classic. Well, PV and TSU are Lemonade Classic. Um, I mean, TSU they didn't sound bad. I think that they're definitely in the right direction. In terms of the class in general, I think that everybody just may be in a state of transition. Um, maybe everyone's just in a state of transition because nobody was just like on one, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, in terms of the field show itself, Kansas field show wasn't like the most entertaining, in my opinion. In terms of motion, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, in the breakdown, I'm always expecting a little drop it like it's hot, pop like and drop it, which then they didn't give that this this season, or at least not this show. So that was an interesting. There's a little bit of a difference there. I can see the influence of the new coaches or Danny, who was um, she was a dancing dog, she was captain of dancing dogs. I think she was showing with Germany. Um, I can definitely see the transition that they're doing there. So I was not, um, I liked it. I liked it. Boxes, um, there was a lot of things I liked, there were some things that I didn't like. Uh, definitely can see the difference. Uh, I also see a lot of uh, comments of people kind of having that battle between bringing the old foxes back versus people loving the this new era of the foxes. So that's always interesting. Love their um, depiction of the, the circle. Um, there were a couple of timing issues, a couple of facing issues. Uh, but in the stands, I think they killed it. Now the, 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 the band, the field show, I don't know, and, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong, but that damn, that, that fast cadence, it's just not, it's not doing, giving what it's supposed to give. It's giving more like, ooh, I spilled my toe. That's what it's giving. I don't know, I'm like, somebody needs to go back and do a fast cadence class because it's not, the execution of it really isn't whatever. Uh, now, TT, I think that's what you do. Huh? No, you go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, I think okay, I think TT did a tremendous job. Uh, I think that she has a natural knack for for announcing and uh, a natural connection with the crowds that she's um, in front of. So I think she definitely adds something that the marching store needs, and, and you know, it's helping uh, push the band forward in itself. Um, overall, I like the field show. Uh, it was interesting, pretty funny to see oh, Mr. Nasty Tom that brought back memories. PB Row that brought back memories. Um, but yeah. Overall, definitely PV took the, the dub on that one. Uh, who else did we have? Miles in Alabama State. I didn't watch any Miles clips. Alabama State, in terms of the stingets, they took number one for me overall in terms of all of the, the black dance lines. I don't know. Whatever Brianna's doing, she, she's doing it. Her, her crabs are, are already looking very seasoned, uh, which I have a definite appreciation for. Um, from the entrance all the way to the exit, there was a presence that they brought that I was really into. It just was, looked very seasoned, looked very experienced for the first time out. So they took my number one. Um, who else did we talk about? 
uh, FAMU and Jackson State. I didn't watch very many Jackson State clips. I think um, as far as the Jay said, I don't know. Maybe it was the uniform that threw me off. I think they wore a showstopper. I think that's what they call it. I'm not for certain, but I couldn't get past the uniform. I, I really kind of just hated it. So, um, but again, it was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing that was like super wild, but it wasn't like either. Um, in terms of FAMU, yes, I agree that you know it's not. Uh, we'll just say they're in a state of transition. Now the the little dunk basketball thing that was cute. I don't know that how was, long they gonna keep transitioning now? Is maybe it? the home, maybe it's homage to you know it, it gave DCI I gave oh, a little bit of shape. So that was cool to see, especially being it to the mainstream on ESPN. So yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Let me give you a round of applause. Um. All right. Here we go. Ken. What are your thoughts on um, this past weekend and the performances that you saw? You know what happened. You know who the best was. You know the best in the the best. In the, you see, what happened was <laughs> what always happened. The Kings came. Hey, Norfolk was good. They probably was probably the only other band that didn't suck. Whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody else was trash. Whoa, everybody I else was trash. It's I trash. Never, whoa, I ain't it's trash. You said who who was good? I said everybody else was trash. Okay. It's like Southern right there, Norfolk, trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know, but look, but the heart, but the heart was there. The heart was there. And the heart don't matter. When the kings come into town, that's what happens. So we Obviously, Southern set the bar. We probably the best band coming out right now. We the band to beat. Norfolk won the title. You know it. Whatever. You, hey, I guarantee you, we the band to beat right now. That's it. In the stands, on the field, we gonna drill. We gonna always drill. Whether you like, oh, they do the same drill. So what? You watching it? You watch it every time. That's Does how that you not matter that they? How do would the you know we thing? do the same drill? Without watching it every time, you're a fan. Doesn't matter. Doesn't that matter that they do? We the best. Too? You know. Are you? Hey, you. How many times did you say Southern in that other clip? I had to beg him. Like, how many times Rick gonna bring up Southern? Bring up. Hey, we the king. You're the best. Well, actually, I gave Ashley Ken. I gave you hey. credit, bro, because I agree with you. I agree. I with know you. you do. I know you do. This weekend, Southern was the the best band out there. I hey, I told you. y'all last week though, the, the week before last, I said something gonna be the best. Oh, oh, oh. y'all just so, oh, and you saw it. Well, I, I it's I'm clean a, all the way through. We don't I, have I, those I, little I, photos. We don't have that little little man like, oh man. Well, they did kind of good. They did a great job. No, we come in there just set the bar. That's what we do. And we do that weekend in, weekend out. You might not like it because you, you know it. You know it. That's why we get invited. That's why we get invited to the battle bands to show you how to do it. Oh God! Actually, y'all get invited to all the battle of the bands because everybody in the world, everybody in the world, loves Southern. Let, me, uh, let can I please reply? Please, can I go? Why please? you was there? Can can huh? you, my man? I know you. I, what? What you mean? You saw me, me play? Go to Bayou Classic. When I, was he at yeah. the Bayou Classic? My last one, oh six. You saw us play. Who me? He was a fan. No, you used to be a fan in the room. No, 
That's what look, that's what I was like. Look, you took it out my mouth. First of all, the first time I ever saw Southern was right. in you and Mario's dorm room when y'all showed me them clips of the band right. and stuff like that. And I was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna sit up here, everybody. I like Southern. I don't have a hey, problem. I had to give y'all, I had to give y'all that, but I thought I thought there were some good shows. I'm just you know how I am. I'm not gonna yeah, that's why I want to talk about King. I, so the, I mean, I just I don't know. I think you it's just made the statement that no, they did nothing wrong. Are, are, are you being oh, serious about that? Yeah, I think overall they are probably the best there, hands down, best put together. They were they had the most mature sound, most mature look this early. I mean, you can't say they didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? They sounded like they were mid season. That's just what it is. So imagine how they're gonna sound in mid season. I imagine how they're gonna look. They had all freshmen girl dancers. So them girls, they might make mistakes. But mid season they're gonna get better and better and better. That's what we can do. We can afford to put freshman girls out there. And make <laughs> should a should a mature should a mature sound include it's like it's like Southern Lakers. That's how it is. Should a mature sound hey, include I, I actually thought Norfolk like the sound, I had never heard it. I didn't expect them to be like that. I thought they were gonna have that clean, like block, just plain sound, like. Mm. But they actually had some nuts over there. <laughs> Ken, can I ask you a question, bro? Like for real, for real. I gotta ask you a question, bro. And please, please entertain me with a response. How come you are so easily able? Can you hear me? How are you so easily I, I, able to critique I, Norfolk and find wait. the things that are around with Norfolk, but not with Southern? Hello, Rick. I don't think you can hear me. I can't. You got a whole situation going on over there. <laughs> I can't hear now. Do you hear us, bro? You're getting, it You're getting it together. I can't hear me. All right. So what, what's, what's going to happen? Let's do this. Uh, let's go ahead and just move on to the next topic, and then uh, Rick, once he gets it together, once he comes back, then we can come back to that question, all right? <sighs> so if you're just joining us, uh, welcome to Talk That Talk, where we have live, unfiltered, unscripted conversations about band, music education, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that you like, subscribe to the channel, turn on those notifications, man, because we stay updated, all right? And also share this information out. Also, if you want to get in on the conversation, I made sure that I pinned uh, the link to be able to get in on the conversation. Just make sure that your cameras are on. All right, let's get down to our next topic. This next topic, uh, I actually had to think about this uh, because I, I, I read a couple of articles and it really kind of started to make me think, especially with me being in the classroom, Quan, you in the classroom, all of us in the classroom. So here's the next question. Have we truly recovered from COVID? Have no. we truly recovered from COVID? Uh, since Maya jumped out there, you go ahead, Maya. <laughs> she, like, she like that. I know I was gonna be first. <laughs> I mean, you said it first. Um, no. Well, I mean, okay. So, what do you mean by that? So when I look at <laughs> the landscapes, like even if I'm looking at even the secondary band programs and just talking to a couple of uh, band directors and things like that, their struggle that they're having, a lot of kids are quitting band, 
right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of them are in this mindset where they really, they've really had like a, a year and a half, two years of not doing anything. And so they've gotten to the point to where, you know, that whole band culture has kind of left them, especially, like I said, especially on a secondary level. And then when you look at the, the university level, it can be a struggle too. Like Rick said once before, he had a lot of kids that were at pre-drill and just was like dropping like flies. So, you know, have they have have we truly recovered from COVID? Were they dropping because they were out of shape or dropping because they just didn't want to or all the above or well I mean maybe maybe it's this question of speaking to me differently because I feel like if you got the heart for it regardless like whether I took five years off or whatever if I get that call I'm ready to strap up right now but I mean in terms of <laughs> in terms of COVID itself my initial response of nah it's, I'm just thinking about the pandemic in general. I, don't, I think it's going to be a long way, long, long while until we get back to quote unquote normal. Uh, in terms of what that has to do with, with band programs, I think that it definitely um, provides some challenges. But I think that, I mean, obviously we're, we're back in the sense of able to, to do actual games and things of that nature. We've done, you know, made different instances or, or made accommodations to be able to have practice and do this, that, and the third. So, I mean, in, in terms of being able to progress to the point where we can actually physically be capable to have some sort of collection of beings, yeah, we've improved. But in terms of the situation itself, no. But again, maybe I'm thinking about this the wrong way. Okay. All right. Uh, Mario. Well, I think um depends on what you're talking about, recover, too. Um, I think the bands have recovered uh, for the most part. I mean, most of the bands that I see now look a little healthy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're thinking about the band size. Most of these bands haven't really missed a beat in terms of size. Jackson, Southern, Alabama State, uh, Miles. All, and think, especially like a school like Talladega, which is like, um, you know, a smaller unit, smaller college that's, you know, not as large. You, they still got the similar numbers. And I, and I think about, um, I mean, because you're going to always have like, you know, certain schools are going to always kind of have big numbers just because as long as they open it up, there's going to be kids. But programs, there's other programs that would have suffered. Um, Mightily, if we hadn't suffered, but I mean, ha hadn't recovered properly. But I think the crowds have that part is the issue. Like you don't have sometimes the crowds aren't coming out as much to see certain things um, unless you are in the south, certain parts of the south. But I know up here, um, man, people it's, you know, Jersey's different, man. Jersey's different for sure. So, I mean, it depends on where you are. I mean, because I've obviously seen clips of pe people in Texas and Florida and stuff, and COVID didn't exist to them ever. So, so oh, yeah, it depends here, on where you are. Here in Texas, I, I don't even know if we really had COVID here. Right, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, and I have my uncle lives on there in, in Dallas, man, and he it's like it didn't never it never existed for them. Like, it's just like they just like skip through it or something. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I don't know. I got you. All right, uh, Rick, have we truly recovered from COVID? Uh, I think it. I I agree with Mario. I think it's what part of the country you're in, to be honest, because there are a lot of people, and this is not even band related. This is just people in general. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have just made a conscious decision, y'all, that they just gonna get back to their life. If I catch it, I catch it. I got this vaccine, I'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the science says that they're 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 right. They probably won't be going to the hospital. You know, you get uh, every now and again, you'll get a breakthrough case or somebody may die. But I mean, it's very, very, very small. 
So people will say, man, I, hey, if I catch it, you know, God willing, I'll be good and I'll be you out. You said that's so day. simple. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, somebody may God and maybe you or not. Hey, bro. I, you know, fuck it. You but, know, that's, like, but you, that's true, though, Rick. That's true. I'm giving you both perspectives, bro. I'm not that's saying right, that's right, though. But there are so many people. I've talked to friends. I, man, my, you know, my one of my, my best friends in this world is in Houston. And I talk to him all the time. Shout out Eric. Julian Eric, best man in my um, wedding. But anyway, um, I talk to Eric all the time and he'll go places and, you know, there won't be a mask in sight. At the football game this weekend, there wasn't a mask in sight. And these people are all up on top of each other. People have made a conscious decision that they are going to live their life and deal with the consequences when they come. So that's the first side of it. The other side of it is how it is up here, like Mario said, in the north. Up here in the north, y'all, y'all, I live in Connecticut. It, it, it is not like that up here. People are wearing masks everywhere. Yep. Our, our university made it clear we can't even have wind ensemble without having masks on and having PPE over the bells of the instruments, no matter what instrument you play. Yeah. You cannot blow a horn inside without having that stuff. So... I think there's extremes. I think it's this extreme where you be too cautious and it, it affects the experience for students. Cause I mean, you know, I, I don't mind saying the band that I teach, we usually, we usually hover around 300 members every year. This year we have under 250. We lost about, you know, about 25, uh, 15 to 20% of our band. And then in band camp, we had even more students like Maya uh, to answer your question, Maya, it was a combination of both. It was a combination of kids having done band either ever or in years and their bodies weren't used to being out in that heat because they were all inside on the couch playing Xbox and doing virtual class. And then you had the kids that was like, you know, this just ain't for me. And which happens at any band camp. You know, it just it sucks even more because we're already down 50 people. So I think right now we're probably hovering around like the two, probably the two thirty two forty right now. From a band that's usually 300 so we're definitely feeling it up here we have not recovered from covid but um our band sounds great you know we have some we have a very young band we have two class of new members so that's the majority of our band so we were i was really able to spend some time working on fundamentals and the band sounds great um so we're, we're moving in the right direction but no we have not recovered from covid and then lastly the country hasn't recovered because you got too many people that don't care about one another. They make decisions based on their own personal feelings, how it makes them, it inconveniences them. Well, I don't want to wear this mask because my freedom. How about when you wear the mask because I don't want your COVID? <laughs> Shoot, how many people y'all know? Right, you walk in there, they don't even wash their hands when they go to the bathroom, but they don't want to wear a mask. Like, come on, man. And I tell people, if they walk out of the bathroom, Without, hey, you forgot to wash your hands, homie. <laughs> nasty, nasty bitch. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, this is where I am. Like, we have to care more about each other as people. Forget the music, man. Just human beings that care about each other and want to see everybody succeed, not just me. Or everybody be safe, not just me. So that's why. All right. <clears throat> Quan, have we truly recovered from COVID? Uh, no. I mean, I think we all agree um, for the most part, no. Uh, but what I do believe is COVID exposed 
like, you know, we talked about Sunday, the breakdown in education, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, like I say, low socioeconomic schools or urban schools. Um, I know some schools, you know, that didn't have feeder programs. They just could not survive. And so after a year, you know, they may be down to 10 players. But what I must admit is COVID did expose who could teach and who can't, in my opinion. Because, you know, if you're going through the uh, precautions and ensuring that, you know, everybody was safe during COVID, this was a time to teach. So in my opinion, if you didn't come out as a better teacher or if your players didn't come out to be better musicians, like you got to take a self-reflection because it wasn't about the, the hustle and bustle of entertaining, but it was more so about, okay, while I have you here, let me teach you. Let me teach you about proper breathing and phrasing. Let me teach you about, you know, the aspects that I really want you to learn uh, instead of rushing you for a show. That's number one. And then number two, as a, as a teacher, during COVID, some of the, the greatest teachers and master teachers were accessible because everything was virtual. Um, one of the uh, professional developments that I really enjoyed myself at uh, was a free one. It was the Trojan Explosion uh, for Virginia State. They had one on a Saturday morning. And uh, Dr. Julian White from FAMU taught a lesson. Uh, I think her name is uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Brock. She was uh, um, Tamisha. Uh, yeah, yeah Tamisha Brock. Brock. Right. Yeah, she was my, that was my first like, intro. Thank you. Say it again. Say it Oh, so like, but that was my first time, you know, being introduced to her. When I say outstanding, she did two professional developments back to back on culture and on how to get these students in shape. But most importantly, like how to pace yourself and uh, as an educator and, and what you should be looking for. And, and Dr. Julian White gave a lesson on um, when you're teaching your band classes, even though it's an ensemble, you should approach it like a private lesson. And 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 he gave us, you know, uh, resources and whatnot. All of that was accessible and free during that time, the the that that time of COVID. So if you wasn't seeking wise counsel during COVID or getting your students better for the next level, whenever you know we return to a sense of normalcy, man, it was a it was a reflection on you. So did we recover? No, but in my opinion, it did expose a lot in regards of education. And uh, I must say I'm favored because I'm blessed coming back from uh, virtual, my band did grow. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Congratulations. Shout out to Tamisha Brock, Norfolk yeah. State, grad student with myself. That's my home girl. Yeah, hey, Julian, I like to take my birthday twin. Oh, man. <laughs> Something, on, something that Quan said, man, that's that's very interesting, man. I don't know if we have to keep going, but the whole master teacher side of what we do, you know what I'm saying? Like, and being able to teach, like, it really bothers me. Like, when you say certain names and African Americans in the field of music don't know who those people are, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, and using these people as resources, you know, like, and it doesn't matter what you do in a band. You know, if I'm a dancer, Maya, I'm, no, I'm sure you know some of those names, but, um, you know, the legends in what we do, I can only go for what I know from college, like Miss Howard. 
if you come through Norfolk State and you don't at least have an idea of who Miss Howard is and the years of exceptional work she did there, you know, like we as people, we have to educate ourselves on what's what will help us become great. Like I'm a trumpet player. I'm a band director by trade. If you don't know the name Alfred Watkins, and I, 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 look, I feel weird calling his name out like that because I will refuse to call him Alfred no matter how many times he asks me to. His name is Mr. Watkins. But if you don't know who Alfred Watkins is and you're listening to this and you're an educator or a musician, you need to go find that man's information. Alfred Watkins was a band director at Laster High School in Atlanta. when he went, They sent him there to fail as one of the only African-Americans in these uh in the uh, predominantly white school systems not only did he flourish I, I don't know if he's the only but he was definitely the first african-american band director to win a, a boa championship like he is the real deal like educate yourself people on on the people that did this before you because having these people as resources while they're still here you can give them their flowers now will make you a better educator you know i'm always looking for these master teachers like Quan said to be learning from even now, you know, and I'm in, you know, I'm a, I'm still learning, you know, I'm shout out y'all. I had my first, um, my first interview this week, y'all I'm graduating this year. It's official. So I'm getting this P this doctorate this year. So turn up. Hey, hey, hey. So, uh, yeah, y'all, like reach out to these people, man. You educate yourselves on the on the, the gurus and the innovators and the people that made this genre, genre what it is and paved the way for us. You know what I'm saying? Knowing your history will make you a better educator. He was on there too, by the way. Oh, Alfred was, was yeah. on there? Yeah. yeah, he he was on there too, by the way. Master teacher. I'm talking about best best like we were talking about Ronald Thornton a couple yeah. uh what like a week or so ago. You know, Julian, I ain't tell the story, but if you, like the best teacher I ever had, um, or one of them was a man named Dean Westman. Dean Westman is uh, he's the director of orchestra at Avon High School. And if you guys don't have never seen Avon High School, Avon High School is incredible. But Dean is the director of orchestra there. He's one of the best teachers I ever had. And I was talking to him. I was like, Dean, how did you get this good? He was like, Rick, to be honest with you. One of the first people that took me under his wing and helped me was a man in Houston, Texas named Ronald Thornton. I was like, I know who Mr. Thornton is. <laughs> like, you can't be in Houston and not know who Mr. Thornton is. Right. And that just shows you guys how like how far the reach is of some of these people, man, and how small the world really is. So all right. And and to kind of just go back for a second, um, you know, just talking about the COVID thing. Uh, you look at the when you're talking about Texas, look at these numbers in these schools. Some of these, a lot of these schools, uh, then had kids sent home, and a lot of these numbers is, is going up for these cases for these little kids having them. So, when y'all talk about Texas, them Texas numbers is real, uh, you know, and these people down here in Texas, real talk, I'll I be feeling like I'm the only one wearing a mask, even when I go to work. So, yeah, right. anyway, uh, I know you heard about Florida, bro. You heard about Florida. They were talking about the numbers. Was I mean, I know the meme was wrong about the Afghanistan, like the losses in Afghanistan, but it, it was like way too close. It was like way too close. The number of, 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 of losses to COVID like within the last month or something like that and the losses over the last 15 years in Afghanistan were like like a thousand off or something like that. 
obviously Afghanistan was more, but I mean, for 15 years compared to a whole month, that's like ridiculous. People got to tighten up, man. Leadership. We got we to we tighten up. Yep. All right. Well, if you're just tuning in, welcome to Talk That Talk, the unfiltered, unscripted uh, show where we talk about band, music education, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure that you like, smash that like button, uh, subscribe to the channel, and also turn on your notifications, man. We're going to be uploading a whole bunch of stuff throughout the week, and I stay uploading. All right? Let's get on to this next topic. So... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> so we <laughs> he so, go man y'all we got a lot of uh smaller programs out there right we always seem to talk about the major programs southern jackson fam uh you know every now and then we'll throw the texas schools in there prayer view texas southern we'll also you know maybe throw norfolk in there north carolina a&t Right. But what about North Carolina Central? Right. What about Delaware State? What about Morgan? Right. So my next question is. Do small band programs contribute to the culture? Do small band programs contribute to the culture? Uh, Mario. No. They don't. Why you you couldn't even just take it? Okay, no problem. Go for no, it. No, they don't. Um, they don't because they're not the exposure to these programs are are lessened so much. Like that doesn't mean so. When I say add to the culture, does that mean there's not there's not excellent teaching going on? Does it mean these they're not putting on great programs and great shows? No, that doesn't mean any of that. But it just means they're not adding to. First of all, the culture is down south, and if you don't like the smallest bands down south in on the black college scene was like like maybe like Pine Bluff or maybe Texas Southern on some years. But the representation for these programs is still so large. The the, the backing of these programs is so large. I don't um outside of like Quan was talking about Virginia State University. I've seen Virginia State have some great shows, outstanding shows in that program, Virginia State. But that that's the the and I'm talking about they had to a point where like I feel like the only people who knew about them was Norfolk because they they tubas was giving our tubas L's like years and years in a row. Mm -hmm. We you know, can get into that. But horsepower was that was like their that big contribution to the world, right? But do you know the name of the drumline at Howard? Do you know the name of like the dancers at Morgan State? I I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. I'm saying that because they don't have the same type of like backing. You know what I mean? People are not and it's not to shade them. These girls are going hard. These these people are working hard just like everybody else but they have smaller bands and they're not getting exposed because they don't go to the major battle of bands. They're not, they're not, um, um, we do have this thing where louder is better in HBCUs, which is a terrible mindset. But if you, you, the people look at it like this and just cut it straight. If you're not blowing, if you're not like bringing it in some way, if your dancers ain't killing, if your drum line not locking, people could be like, ah, I mean, it's okay. I could find better somewhere else. It's like, why take a C if I can get the A? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how people see it. And so it's unfortunate. It's like, and that's no shot on nobody. That's like Norfolk too. Norfolk before before, um, before um, our time when we got there was considered a small band. Effective in Norfolk, Virginia in the Tidewater to DC area. But it wasn't until like the 99 band went down to Texas Southern and they kind of got heard of a little bit. And then 2000 came and then 01 when we went to Morris Brown. All of that stuff was because of like exposure in size. 
Nobody in Louisiana was talking about Norfolk State back in, in 1995. No one. It wasn't until 02 going go, 03 going down to Mardi Gras and playing. People got to see you play. So that's how it is. That's how I see it. Thanks. All right. All right. Uh, Maya, do small band small band programs contribute to the culture? Um, pretty usual. I'll say yes and no. Um, <laughs> she's so nice. <laughs> in the sense of the grander picture, any accessibility, any visibility. Any opportunity that for there is something for the culture or the experience to be put on a platform, whether it's large or small, is a contribution. Whether it's local um, or whomever, some people don't have access to be able to, you know, travel and this, that, and the third. But when you do have those competitions like Honda, where you have the big bands as well as the small bands, those are those opportunities given to be put on the map. Or even when you're talking about local, right? If you're talking about NCCU. It's local to those persons, and so still, there's still that bit of HB. There's still that bit of culture, even though it may not be SWAC specific or whatever the case may be. There's still a contribution being had because there's visibility to somebody who may not know any sort of that particular band style or style in general. So that's why I say yes, it is a contribution. However, on the grander scheme of things, I think that as a people, we are unimpressed and we are unwilling to expand our horizons. Like Mario said, louder is better in our particular culture. So we don't even want to step outside the realm of what is NCC, NCCU doing? What is Morgan State doing? What what are these other bands doing? What is Langston doing, for lack of better words? You know, so uh, that's how I don't think that in terms of growing that foundation or growing that sense of the, the culture, there's no contribution being had on that part. But I think that that has to go with us or the, the the outliers who are unwilling to be able to help bring those bands to the to the limelight, and then also, I think it has to do with potentially leadership or what, what have you. When you have the that pick, or when you when you're talking about band directors or who's going to who who's going to just like Deion Sanders, right? So he chose to go to Jackson State, so he's just provided an additional platform for HBCUs and particularly that particular school. So now there's a different, there, there's a larger, um, there's a larger sense of people, you know, kind of learning about what we do on a different, on a different, different landscape. Now, if, if I talk to you guys, if I say, hey, if you have the choice to go to Townview, if you have the choice to go to Madison or whomever, are you naturally going to pick the person or the band that is larger known just because you know that, okay, it's probably going to mean a larger budget. It's probably going to mean um, we'll probably get to, you know, play better bands or better schools or be in a particular district. I think that that has something to do with it too. I don't know if that answers the question, but <laughs> in full, that's my yes and no. It did. It did. Uh, Iran, I see you in the live. Uh, give me a second. We'll get to you. Uh, Rick, do small band programs contribute to the culture? No. <laughs> no. And I think there's so many different factors why. First of all, it's, I was glad you brought up North Carolina Central. The land is the real deal. Right. If the land took over Bethune-Cookman, Bethune-Cookman would be a completely different band. Bethune, yeah. First of all, the land is one hell of a musician. He's a hell of a euphonium player. Secondly, 
it, the closest thing I know to a master teacher, he took a program that didn't want him. I, I saw some of those letters that people in North Carolina Central's band wrote before he got the job. Like, we want the guy that was here before him. And he was able to take that program over, become the person that leads it, and, and take it to new heights. You know, they're able to compete against Purdue a couple years ago. Um, and then, you know, the things that they're doing all around the country. And they're doing really good things. So, Delenn, kudos to you, my man, because um, you, you're the real deal. But the reasons why I say no are because, first of all, when you have a smaller band, there are sacrifices you have to make musically in order to be able to put a product out there that is that is acceptable. Like the reason why people like, you know, bands like FAMU and Norfolk and all these other schools is because they're able to write these. All right, well, I, never mind. Some schools, their arrangements are written in a way. That, right, come out. Because, yeah, some of, that stuff, some of that stuff we played at Norfolk was not good. But anyway. Um, they write arrangements in a way where you can write not only the song, but you can write things that are exciting that people expect. Putting high C's in the euphonium, having mellophones ripping, you know, inside the texture of the band. So you're able to do more. Whereas if you only have 40 horns on the field, you and you want people to recognize what song you're playing, you're just gonna write the song, you know, and hopefully you can write some complex chords, but more than likely, you're writing straight triads, maybe a nine here or there. So that's the first part of it. Second part is what Mario said. The fact of the matter is, over the last maybe 10, 15 years, the whole standard of what's good marching band in HBCU is who's the loudest. It's just the way it is. Who's the loudest and who can play the highest? And it sucks because we're talking about small bands. There are a lot of bands, like I rarely hear people talking about Tennessee State, who's one of the best bands, HBCUs in the country. HBCU bands in the country, but I rarely hear people talking about them because their directors and a lot of other directors around the country want their band to sound good first before we worried about how loud we can play. So I think that because the standard is volume, even with larger bands that don't do that, they don't get the respect and drive the culture the same way that bands that do do that. And then lastly, and maybe this is something that y'all all can talk about or jump in on, is now the bands that have been driving the culture the most is the bands that have flamboyant band directors. Guys that are in the camera more than the band. You know. Um, Brass can't wait to meet them. Dancing in the videos. <laughs> right. <laughs> Come to death row. <laughs> they're, the they're taking the limelight away from the band. Like these are the bands we talk around about the most. I mean, it's just the truth. You know, like you, you log on a video and it's not, you know, a band can sound terrible, but if they have a flamboyant band director, the loudest voice is the one we hear the most. So I think there's a lot of things that contribute to that because, I mean, think about it like this, and I'll shut up, is when we marched, Julian, there were small bands that were relevant, A&T. Everybody was talking about the small band with the big sound. They used to always say that. And then when we got to Prairie View in 12, it was kind of the same thing. All right, man, I can hear something happening. Uh, and those bands, you know, ain't, nobody ever said A&T is the best band ever, but they always were in the conversation. Like, people knew who they were. So, you know, I think the answer is no, but I think that they could if, you know, they changed a couple of things here there. I think Ant was a little bit of an outlier because you got to understand back in that time, 
um, even some of the top bands, if you think about Southern back in 03, 2000, or, you know, 99 or whatever, the numbers weren't as inflated as they are now. You're talking about, like, I think they got, like, 27 baritones or something like that. Like, that's not no, that's not normal numbers for bands. Like, like where like all these kids are loading up and going to like certain schools. Whereas back then, anti they weren't they were small ish. Like, but they weren't that small. You know what I mean? And, and I think it was just like compared to fam or something like that, and they were small, but they were like the same size as Norfolk to me. You know what I'm saying? Like back like in the night in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? They're around the same size, but the difference with them, they were loud. Yeah. They were loud, and they were on a bigger platform, so they got to see the Tennessee states. They got to battle other people. It went to battle Southern in 03. They they have they got exposure at times when other bands wasn't getting exposure. So it's the loudness, but it's also that big piece you're talking about. We got a, the exposure. If you don't get to see these bands, how do you even know what you like from them? Because you never get to see them unless you're in that area. Yeah, because remember a couple of years ago when everybody was talking about Steelman? Like Steelman was doing big things. Right. Years ago. Right, and then we they got in that battle with Southern, and and then we we hear from Steelman again. So, but you got to remember, Talladega was a small band program too. Yeah, ain't small no more. Exactly, but that's my point. Uh, Quan, <laughs> do small band programs contribute to the culture? They they do, but before I answer that, I, I do want to say this though. I, I think we can't really use the excuse of lack of exposure with social media of today. I, I think during uh you guys march you know the earlier 2000s and i was like midway you know social media wasn't popping like it is now and like we were just saying a few uh episodes ago whatever you practice that night you literally are watching it you know within an hour so we can't use the excuse of um lack of exposure and answer your question julian do small bands and programs contribute to the culture i believe it does um, number one, the, the truth is, I think, and because I'm, I'm, it seemed like I'm always been in a program that I had to build or, or was in the process of building. Um, it takes a person with a different type of heart and tenacity to build. And I think a lot of people, honestly, in this generation, they just don't want to build. Like, it's easy to be like, well, and I'm saying not a knock to any of these universities I'm about to say, but it's easy to go to a Southern because, you know, for a fact, hey, they have a, you know, like you say, 27 baritones. But it's a big difference to say I got 10. I have 10 baritones of euphoniums and I'm make I'm making them truly uh, play that horn properly and, and pushing, you know, air properly through that horn. It's a big right. difference. I look at uh, what's that little trombone player do from Benedict College that we saw yep. his high school video. And then when they played Miles, they trombone section was going back and forth. And Benedict won. I mean, so in, in my opinion, that that's contribution. I believe the last in-person Honda that we had was in, in 19. Like I say, the best, most impressive band that I saw was Hampton. I mean, outstanding. Uh, they they were able to blend their show where they had uh, aspects of DCI. But, I was just uh, about know, to mention Hampton, too. I about yeah, to mention that. Yeah, Thomas, I mean, they have DCI aspects. Yeah, I mean, great sound, uh, entertaining show. But also, I'm going to bring it to, to this perspective. Um, we wouldn't say that about open class DCI because that's that's a contribution. But, of course, there there is no comparison to the world class. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, so those smaller bands, they do add, you know, uh, contributions 
to the culture. And what I realize is every everybody can't make it to that point either. So it's a place for somebody else. And we have to honestly take take that into consideration as well. And sometimes, you know, just like the classroom setting, some people need a smaller setting to grow and flourish. And one of the best uh, mentors that I have is uh, is Crystal that went to uh, Morgan State. Any type of information that uh, you may ask, uh, she, she's willing to give to you. I mean, so I, I think uh, small bands, they, they do contribute. But I think with better marketing and, and, you know, with budgets and whatnot, those small bands could blow up just like the Teledega. You know, Teledega was afforded to, to go to certain places. And also, we, we must understand this. Teledega, though, they don't have no football team for expenses. Right. So the president could be like, hey, y'all do what y'all want. And after they started doing those bloody Sundays with Southern and then people started jumping ship and going there, which is a whole different conversation. We see the Teledega that we see now. And the same thing, Rick and Julian, what y'all did at Prairie View. I mean, y'all went through some, some, some tough years, but you stayed the course and you grew that band to what it is now. Because honestly, what I think 12, 13, yeah. with the year y'all played Jackson, that was a small band. Ooh. Yeah, we lost a lot that year, boy. But, well, but look, look, thirteen was a whole other year. I'm saying, but, but look at the fruits of your labor, though. Now, True. you know, what I'm saying. So that's 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 why I say so. They they do contribute. I ain't never had too many band members that wanted to quit in my life. I was like, come on, yeah. please don't leave. The day after the Jackson game, yeah, literally the day one after. of the drum just quit the day after the Jackson game. Exactly. One of the drum but I must say this too, Mario. You you spoke about like uh, Southern pre 5 or, or during the Dr. Greg's era. The right. only dif- the only difference I would say for that is I'm pretty sure they had about 300 of uh, people trying not to be in that band, but he only wanted a certain number. So that right. was you know kind of like the creme de la creme of, from him to pick. You know now you know I don't know that process of course, but but I'm sure that you know it's a different type of selection. Now yeah. from uh pre 05. So. I can definitely get with that. I, I would I would say the do small bands programs contribute to the culture or have small bands contribute to the culture is two different questions. And I think mm-hmm. we kind of like like went over to have they. Yeah, like I was mentioning Hampton, or you mentioned like a, a thing with Benedict, or we think you we can always find outliers in every example for anything. But do like when you say do, I feel like I'm looking at it as a, a larger unit. And so looking at it as a larger unit, that's the reason why for me, I'm like, I don't really feel like what some of these small brand programs are doing are adding to the culture. And it's not because they're not doing outstanding things. It's because they don't have the exposure. Talladega, you mentioned, right? Talladega became Talladega that we know now because they got exposure. They went down to Mardi Gras. That's ex- that's the biggest stage to be on as a band, like uh, in terms of like outside of one of those Battle of the Bands. That's the biggest stage. So if you and and you I talked mean, about Hampton, imagine, where were they? Imagine. You you liked them. Where were they? They were at the Honda Battle of the Bands. They were at a big stage. So you talked about North Carolina Central, where they were. Who were they battling? A big old swag school. So if you have these moments where they're getting exposure, that's what helps the cause. But if they're not seeing anybody, they're not going to any Battle of the Bands. Their social media is trash. That's the reason why you don't. That's why it's hard to say they're these are adding to the culture because we don't even know what they're doing. Kind of like what Mario was saying. I don't know. What you, I don't see you. I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Got to know what they're doing. Just imagine if Norfolk would have went down to Mardi Gras in the social media era. 
Right. That, oh, right. That would have been a completely different conversation about Norfolk. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I can see your point on that, Mario. And, and you're also talking about marching band culture because you can say what you want about how it's marching band. It's not good. But um, <laughs> they have one of the premier jazz programs in all of HBCU band. Jackson State. Jackson State, um, you know, they have a good marching band, obviously, but they also have a very good jazz program. So, you know, fam, you. We weren't. We haven't necessarily been pleased with what they've done thus far this year in marching, man. But ain't no. You can't take it away from. I don't know many HBCUs that have performed at Carnegie Hall for went ensemble. True. No. How many HBCUs actually play on level? Everybody talking about Norfolk and how great we were. Shoot, Mario, you got know you gonna back me up on this. We were playing grade three music and went ensemble. Shenandoah. <laughs> Attention. We were the hardest thing I played and went ensemble. Bot was Pyridoble. Word, word, word. word. <laughs> like, we, yeah, our marching band was legit, man. Like, Dr. Sanford did some great work. I went ensemble, was not playing at the level it should have been. We had good musicians in the room. We just didn't take the chances. So I think that you know, we're talking about HBCU uh, marching band culture because there are a lot of smaller universities that have amazing musicians that you know are doing big things look at north carolina central knife wonder was there for years you know i don't know if he's still there or not but yeah i wanted to be a producer i'm going to i'm going to north carolina central because one of the greatest producers in the world so just depends on what type of music or what part of band culture we're talking about okay all right well we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap that one up Man, that was some some very good truth that y'all spit right there. Uh, so welcome, everybody, to if you're just tuning in, welcome to Talk That Talk, where we have unfiltered, unscripted conversations about band music education, HBCU band culture and more. Please make sure that you like and subscribe and smash that like button and turn on the notifications because we're going to keep uploading and keep uploading, and keep uploading and giving you as much as you need. All right. All right, here we go. Next topic. So this one, Maya, I need you to listen to this one because there he is. Yes, I'm sorry. Only it works. This one, this one right here is this is touching my spirit, and it's something I've been thinking about for a while. I mean, everybody can contribute on this one if they if they if the spirit leads them. But I got to ask this one, right? So I know. From my years of teaching and being in band, I know a lot of dancers, uh, people who come from dance lines. And, you know, in this social media era, one of the things I'm getting sick of seeing is uh, these damn hill classes. So I got a question. <laughs> what other options do dancers have other than hill and pole classes? Maya, you first. <laughs> As far as what? I think she's going to answer for all of us because we ain't got no insight. I said that. This was, if y'all can chime hey. in, go for it. But no, I, I'm tight. Maya, I'm wondering this one. I got, I'm sorry. This this one I just got to ask. I got to ask this because if I see another damn hill, hill class show up on goddamn Instagram from a chick who used to march in goddamn Alabama A&M or something, I'm swear for Lord, I, I promise now, I'm just going to throw my whole my whole Social media away. Okay, well, let me ask you this: What 
What's wrong with the hair class? One, for me personally, super mm -hmm. saturating the market. Two, I think that as dancers, for so a lot of dancers who are classically trained, Mm -hmm. You can do so much better than than go and and show the thing that you wanted to do behind closed doors. That's really what it is to me personally. So is it the look? So the look is like it's like the sex appeal for like it's like it's too sexy. Oh no, I don't think it's too sexy. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I just personally believe this is a this is a personal opinion. I just sure. personally believe that. As as a dancer, mm -hmm. what where is where is the ballet? Where is I'm I'm trying out for, you know, to make it to New York. Or I'm, the first thing that I see everybody running to is going directly to the heel classes, throwing on the heel daddies, putting on the shortest shorts possible. Which I ain't got a problem with that part, but putting on the shortest shorts possible, and then all of a sudden I got a new heel class at this studio, and it'd be a twenty different heels classes. And I just be trying to figure out like what other options are out there for dancers after they get finished leaving the field. So that's 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 really what it is. I just I just want to know what else is out there, right? Because as music, as musicians, we can go into producing, we can go into performing, we can go into teaching. Like we have all of these options, right? And I I'm just wondering like what else is there besides heels and poles? Okay, so I'll separate that. To talk about the heels and the pole dancing. Now, kid you not, to dance in heels and to dance on the pole takes so much strength. So it's actually it's like exercise. What's happening with Ken? He's like, for real. For real this time, for real. Where are you? <laughs> In the middle of her soliloquy, bro. <laughs> what is that? Got box fans on the back. <laughs> what we doing, baby? Oh my God, oh my God. Real, Kid got a forty dollar joint over there, boy. <laughs> oh Lord. I'm sorry, Maya. That's I'm sorry, Maya. My bad. No, I'm going to have to go back and, and watch it. I was just trying to roll with it. Um, but no, so one, to really get <laughs> not only the same, but to really advance yourself as a dancer, those heels and pole classes really do a lot more good in terms of strength training and being able to balance and all of those things because there's a particular, like, if you rock too far forward or if you don't understand what your middle is, what your core is, you won't be able to do none of that. So really that's going to help you in whatever else you're going to do. Now, there's always going back to the studio. There's always hip hop classes. There's always teaching. There's always community teams. There's always things like the Rockettes or going the the, the route of backup dancers or um, going to, to teach high school or, like I said, community teams. There's lots of different avenues. And I mean, at the end of the day, just like just like church, where two or three are gathered. I mean, it, it's, there's, there's so many different avenues. And, but right now, I, I don't know. I, yes, it has overtaken the market, but I think that that's just because it's, there's so much in attraction, sex sales. And a lot of times we've been talking about those pole and heels classes is something sexy about it though so that's going to be a natural appeal or a natural thing of click 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 or a natural you know aspect of views 
Um, in terms of when you leave the field, either you do something or you don't. Like me, I'm not doing nothing with it right now. But you can always um, pay, pay it forward. Um, at the time where I was coming back to band camp and, and doing classes with band camp or, you know, teaching this, that, and the third. But as a, an adult dancer or a professional dancer, there are endless options, but I think it's a lot harder. Just like if I say, hey, if y'all want to become professional, like actual professionals and, and, and actually quote unquote make it, there's a very, very limited quantity of people who, who make it. So, I mean, I hope that that kind of answer. And of course, like that, that's something that we could talk about. That's an endless conversation. But I mean, just like those heels classes, those are the same things. Uh, there's like Playhouse. There's different places uh, all over the world where people come and do classes. You have like HBCU Dance Affair, where those previous captains are coming to be able to teach or provide that culture to the next generation. Um, I mean, the Rockettes. Technically, Rockettes are dancing heels. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's things out here, but yeah. Okay. I think the thing about it too, Maya, and correct me if I'm wrong, the fact of the matter is not only is it big business uh, as far as these women being able to make, you know, thousands of dollars in a weekend, but also some of their big biggest clientele are men <laughs> like that are starting to want to join these dance lines. A lot of these schools are, you're going to have to address this at some point because you know, the fact of the matter is y'all still need to follow the law of the land. And I know of so many people that were not uh, people in dance lines that participate in these classes where they want to play out their dream yep. or they want to, you know, they're a piccolo player that, you yep. know, is not the correct whatever to be in these lines. They want to, but they want to throw five counts or whatever. So, I mean, that's a conversation. I think that's a huge conversation, Julie, because... It's going to lead to the conversation that a lot of directors and we had to, you know, deal with this at Prairie View. There are more and more men or uh, or trans people that are trying out for these lines every year. Uh, my, I was at Prairie View for five years and the five years I was there, we had two, two yeah, three, yeah, three tryout uh, for the Black Foxes. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it. It's definitely a, a, a conversation, Julian, that's interesting. I don't have anything to add about these ladies, you know, make your money, ladies, but you know, it's it's a bigger conversation that's gonna have to be had probably over the next couple of years, man. The crossover has already happened. I mean, Nick, let's see, who is that? Is it NOAB, NOSB? Uh New Orleans, their their summer yeah. band. Yeah. It was dudes out there too. I mean they home too. Yeah, that, that's the Georgia, the Georgia yeah, have one too. Yeah, one. Yeah, home had one. Yeah. Oh, they actually, yeah, 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 they did. Now that I think about it, for sure. So I mean, it, it's already upon us. Yeah. Um, the summer bands are doing it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. It does. I mean, honestly, like I was thinking about the next time I was going to, going to Houston, I was thinking about um having a little count situation, and if you want to come, come, men, women, whoever, like. Because I mean, at this point, it's inevitable. Like everybody wants to be a part. And back two or three shows ago, when we were having a question about that band held culture or the dance held culture, culture, a lot of it is being spearheaded by men um, or whomever. Like uh, there are people with whole YouTube channels who have reviews and stuff weekly about what the dancers are doing, who have never necessarily stepped foot 
in a, a in a, a uniform or on a dance line, but they have attributed to themselves and they have um, dedicated themselves to the particular culture. So again, that's a that's definitely um, an interesting question and a, a whole market for a, an additional or an, an addition to the community. I actually got a question for you, Maya. Um, I think um, so. I I, I kind of feel like Rick with this. I don't I don't have a problem. People do what they want to do. I don't. I mean, whatever. I mean, because I think that's an outlier anyway. Um, you have like 250, 300 musicians, and we don't we're not asking about what those musicians are doing after they get out the band. So I don't whatever. So y'all do what y'all want to do. But I will say this: um, the sexy part, like I, I kind of going back to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot of attention seems to be paid, and, and I could be wrong because I'm on the outside. I don't really know, but a lot of attention seems to be paid more on like who has uh, the the flashiest, kind of sexiest ache, like you know, like counts in the in the stands, mm-hmm. the field stuff. Just like marching bands on the field seems to have not have it's not getting as much attention and energy as it may have used to. Now it's like what type of routines you can put together in the stands is like that's how these some some of these young ladies are getting their like you know they cult followings and stuff like that like because of the some of the sexy things that they're doing in the stands with the bands and then you translate that over to the heel and pole classes that kind of like it seems like it's a natural progression like into some of those spaces and me. And I mean, and that's not in a disrespectful way. It's like, if you're doing something, you don't want to actually be, you know, you're not stripping, but you, you want to dance in this type of way and you want to do it in a place that's um, comfortable for you because you're comfortable with your sexuality. Um, men do a lot of stuff all the time and, and, and we don't bat an eye, but as soon as a woman kind of like takes charge of their sexuality, then we got a lot of stuff to say. I think that's foul. That's foul. Let the women do what they want to do, man. I don't have no problems with it. Rock mm-hmm. on. Make you no, I feel you like so and, and that kind of goes back to what we talked about previously there's a transition upon us in terms of what is or is not acceptable or what people are gravitating towards in the terms of movement and, and right. what dance lines are doing so yeah all it takes is for one person to go viral one team to go viral but what is sending them viral is right now fluidity whatever that means to you the, the fluidity of movement is really what is capturing the eyes in terms of what well, swag specifically. It used to be a lot of hit, 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 very sharp movements, this, that, and the third, but now flex fluidity. And when I think about fluidity, I think about sex a more sexy type of move or dance or whatever that's that appeal. So naturally there is a progression because you have these same girls who are on these landslides who are taking these classes or are following whomever. I mean, I have so many people that I follow on Instagram where it's all up and down my timeline as well. So naturally that's in your wheelhouse and whether consciously or subconsciously when we're making these moves or when we're trying to figure out what is this next stand routine, you're automatically going to pull from something. So you see it, it's captured in the back of your head. It comes out in a different type of way. And especially when we talk about, um, uh, band music, right? So right now we said that this past week, PV was more so rap heavy. However, like it's certain moves that are going are to capture different flans, different flashes, excuse me, of the music. So sometimes that takes that extra fluidity and that extra, you know, maybe this hip rock or whatever the case may be, and that kind of adds to it, as opposed to something that's going to be very like um, hi hat heavy, where that's going to be very, you know, a lot more hits and a lot more sharper music or movements rather. So maybe that has something to do with it too. See, look at that. So y'all, y'all was ready to be like, why are you even asking that? But look at that. Look at that. You know what I'm saying? She's an educator. Just look at God. Look at God that blesses with the education on this dance world. Hey, eco. eco. There you go. There you go. 
Doing a Honda. <laughs> See, sometimes you got to throw it in there, man. You got to throw it in there. All right. I'm gonna throw a council pass at Hong Kong. What? I'm gonna support you. I ain't throwing nothing. I just paid to come just to support <laughs> you, didn't? I'm gonna be in the background. I see you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send my kids. <laughs> Matter of fact, you can do that here. Whenever yeah. next time you're in Houston, we got 21 days. Yeah, I was already thinking about doing something like that the next time I come or. Making it a whole situation. I think it would be something that would catch on. Well, and my, I, I think I think the big thing too, though, just to, before we wrap this up, is it's also about who you are too, because a lot of these people that's throwing these classes, if you don't have the name cachet, people is not going to support what you're doing. Like uh, one person in particular, I wish Ken was here, but um, you know we can't do anything about that. But um, <laughs> the lady that was the dance captain at um, at Southern. I remember she was doing it, and they it was huge. Like I, they posted some video. It was a it was a lot of people there. But if you maybe this is what Julian was talking about with this small band culture. If you march that Johnson C Smith and you hitting the um, the dance, man, there ain't nobody coming. Hey, good job. I'm proud of you. You did good. You did good. All right, get that mess out of here. <laughs> that's so, that's true. That's true. I think it's all about name catcher as well. But that's with anything, but no, absolutely. People know you are unhealthy obsession. They so. do not. I really don't think so. At right. least not no more. Whatever you say. Hey, family, I'm going to see y'all next week, man. I got to pull oh, off yeah. and get to the kitties, man. Yeah, see y'all. Yeah, yeah got to get them down, man. Got to get them down. I'll see y'all, bro. Next All right. week. All right, bro. If you're just tuning in. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have unfiltered, unscripted conversations about band, music education, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure, let me go ahead and put it up there, that you subscribe to the channel and also make sure you like that uh, or smash that like button. All right. We want to make sure we get as many people also uh, liking this channel, subscribing to it, and also turning on those notifications because we're going to keep uploading as much material as we possibly can. All right, next topic. Um, I'm actually bringing up this topic because this was something that I, I kind of heard Quan say, and it it made me go back and actually think about it. So here we go. What should our standard of pedagogy be for university for the university level, and does that standard help? or hurt our secondary programs. All right, I'll say it again. What should our standard of pedagogy be for our university level programs? And does that standard help or hurt our secondary programs? It's <laughs> always gotta be one question like this. I'll go first. I'll go first. Go. Go? I was I was gonna call out Quan, but it's all good. Well, no, go ahead, Quan, because I it's your question, so I, you can go. Because I, yeah, I have an answer. But go ahead, Quan. Uh, my my answer is hell yeah, it affects it. Uh, most definitely it does. I mean, while the reality of it is, when you're when you're a college student, you're so. That is like the last phase, in my opinion, of protection before you hit the real world. 
and you should have a realistic aspect of what you're about to, you know, walk through. Won't say colleges, but I know students that have experienced lackluster teaching and they in return became a piss poor teacher until they realized what they were doing was wrong. And unfortunately, you don't realize you're wrong until you're in a situation and then now you look stupid. And we're going to be honest on a real talk show. When you walk into a situation and you don't you don't look like the only person in the room. They kind of test you with certain knowledge and questions to see if you really know what you're talking about. And if you don't, they then separate themselves from you in that room. I've seen it happen uh, uh, hundreds of times, uh, even in, we're going to be honest, even in, from the musical fraternal aspect, they question you. And when they see, oh, you really don't know this or know that, they kind of remove themselves. How many teachers really talk are, are the horror stories that I've heard of teachers not even showing up for their uh, applied lesson classes? And then you're trying to figure out, you know, well, I mean, I'm a percussionist, but this brass teacher didn't come. So now you're trying to figure out about the French horn and the partials with that. But you're but you're learning that on the job, but you've paid this professor to do this work and for this specific aspect of knowledge. So absolutely. Like I said before, the the student teaching process is flawed. I mean, I can speak about this all night. I, I do want to hear others opinion. But it, it absolutely does affect it and it affects it either positively or negatively, depending on your experience. And then and I'm sorry, just one more thing. It, and then also you must include. Are these universities preparing you if you want to go to postgraduate? But that's a whole different subject on that, too. So. Uh, before we get to uh, the next person, I just want to make sure if you're watching live right now, you want to get in the conversation. I have pinned the link in uh, in the comments if you would like to get in live and get on, on any of these topics and make any comments about these topics. All right. Um, Rick, what should our standard of pedagogy be for university level programs? And does that standard help or hurt our secondary programs? The standard should be that your program should cover every facet of music education. Not only is it acceptable, to, it should never be acceptable to just have a good marching band, that's it. If you don't have wind ensemble, jazz band, uh, now in the state of Texas, there's dance class. So if your dancers aren't enrolled in dance class, if your color guard members aren't taking color guard class, that's your responsibility as a band director. If you want your band to be great, your students need to be doing what it takes to be great. And the only way to get better at doing band is to do band. You can't do that sitting at home watching videos of Maya from when she marched in the Black Fox. You need to get your butt up off the couch, go out there, learn, learn, learn with them daddies, and try to look like that, and you go attend one of these heel classes and to, to hone your skills on doing that. Like, I think that's the reason why I agree with what Maya was saying. It's a, it's a business because ultimately it can make you better at what you want to accomplish. One of our former dancers from um, from PV, I saw she posted a post on uh, Facebook. Shout out 
Calissa Fowler. Calissa Fowler Day. But um, <laughs> um shout out to her. One of her former students is in the dance line at Purdue. You know, so imagine how that makes her feel knowing that, you know, I helped train this young lady and now she's made it to the level that she wants to be. So I think as a director, it's your responsibility from a culture standpoint to have every facet of a well-rounded program in your school. That's not always easy with budgets and stuff like that, but that should be the goal. Pedagogically, I don't care if you go to Southern, TSU, University of Texas, UConn, wherever. A good sound is a good sound. And the properties of making a good sound don't change. My favorite thing to say when it comes to sound is marching band is when ensemble outside with the volume turned up, in my opinion. That's what a, that's what a great sound is to me. So if you wouldn't make that sound in a concert hall playing mezzo forte or forte, forte then you shouldn't make that sound outside playing fortissimo or 3F. And so those concepts don't change. Using correct vowel shape, um, doing long tongue exercises to help work on the fundamentals of your sound, being able to move air. Like all these things are consistent from band to band. It's just that we put them aside because we think that it's one thing outside and another thing inside. So that's the pedagogical side of that. Obviously, that affects what's happening at these secondary schools because these are the teachers that go into these secondary schools. Like, the reason why HBCUs are still relevant is because their alumnus go out and, and teach their kids how to, hey, you need to go to an HBCU. I always push, push HBCUs, not just mine, not just the ones I work with, any school, because I want to see Black people succeed and I want to see Black people go to college and be able to, to further themselves in whatever field they choose. So if you get a subpar education, and Julie, you know some of the conversations you and I have had, you know, I'm going to just put it out there. You know, it is what it is. I was not prepared at the beginning of my doctorate at the level that I should have been. Um, I studied hard. I got my master's. When I got my master's, I studied hard. I had a 3.98. Miss Boone gave me an A-. minus. In one of my classes, I cried like a baby because I was I wanted that 4.0. I still I worked hard, and even with that preparation, I still wasn't prepared. There was literature that I should know as a band director that I didn't know. There were people in the field that I just didn't knew, know who they were. Why? Because we weren't talking about that stuff. Like I said, we played grade three when ensemble music in college. What type of sense does that make? that you're not even playing on level in college. Forget high school and middle school. If you're at a middle school, you should be playing grade three, approaching grade four music. Once you get to high school, ninth grade year, you can go up to grade five. Sophomore year on, you should be playing grade six music. I, in let college. Me, hold up, but before you get to that, because that, that goes back to the conversation that I had on Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. Then my question is, and, and I, I honestly don't disagree with you, right? But like, so many programs, and we're just talking about secondary secondary level. So many programs have beginning bands in, in, in high school. Yeah. So my question to you is, if that's the case, how how are we going to get these? How do we get these schools who have these beginning bands in high school and in urban communities and low socioeconomic communities to even be, be even to care enough to play on level? 
I mean, the fact of the matter is, you you can't get a first year player to play grade six music. It's not gonna happen. They haven't developed their armature yet, any of that. So for that instance, that person's not that's that group's not gonna play grade six music. They can have all the aspirations in the world. You can't play Lincolnshire. You can't even keep a consistent buzz. You know, like so. That's first and foremost. Secondly, a lot of it is just the ambition of the director. You have so many people, man, that are teaching these schools that's satisfied with being the best parade band in their city. That's the the extent of their career. Man, we marched that one that Rose Day parade, and we were sweet. That's all I care about. Everything else, y'all go watch. Y'all go watch videos. Leave me alone. Whereas, like when I when I first started teaching, Julie, you know this. Like when I first started teaching, I was at the middle school I went to. When I showed up, we had forty people in the band program total. That was seventh and eighth grade. By the time I left, there were over two hundred fifty people in the program. Why? Because I had ambition. I wanted to be great at this. I wanted people to know my name. So I made sure I, I worked at that. Was I great when I first started? Hell no. I had a lot to learn. You know what I'm saying? But I consistently sought that information. Then I start, you know, when I aged out of drum corps, I started teaching drum corps. And, you know, now, you know, thanks to the good Lord, I'm I'm going into my ninth year uh, working with the Blue Coats. You know, it's been a it's been a great ride. So as a as a band director, you have to have ambition and you have to put yourself in a position to be better, but you have to expect better from your program, but you also have to have realistic expectations. If I have a beginning band or a person in ninth grade and or whatever grade and they're starting beginning band, then the goal is the same they would be for an eighth grade band. By the end of the year, that person needs to be able to play grade two music with no issue. Sixth grade bands should be playing grade two music by the end of the year. I mean, that's if if you're teaching, that should be the goal because the armature take, development takes about two to three months to get a focused uh, concert F. By the end of the year, the range is usually not going up past I C, maybe a D or B flat concert or C concert. So set goals, set lofty goals, ambitious goals, but set goals and have have something to a, that you want to attain. And that's what I think you don't see enough of. Some people are okay with just making excuses of why they band can't do instead of getting out and getting dirty in the trenches and saying, okay, let's make this happen. You know, when I got there, we were playing grade one music. By the time I left, we were playing grade three, some grade fours. Have ambition, get dirty, and do the work. Well, can you mind if I add, add to that, Julian? I think a lot of a lot of band directors, again, they have this sense of ego versus creating a legacy. Like, and, and that's honestly my ego and pride. We still ain't, def we ain't <laughs> defined it yet. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but one thing I must say, and well, you know, I could, I could low key kind of define it. Ego, when you make it about you, ego is when it's like you said, damn them kids. Pride is saying, you know what? I really actually don't know it, but let me find the answer to it. Like it's it's one because because you have to be proud of the craft that you selected, but you have to have a sense of humility even to say, well, you know what? I really don't know the answer. Or I really don't know about that particular situation or something. So let me find out. You know what I'm saying? That's one. But what I what I realized just just bottom line, we have an issue with uh I, I won't even say burnout factor 
But we just got an issue, bro, with setting standards because we're so focused on entertaining so much. The worst feeling in the world for me, and, and I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this. Have y'all ever went to a party and y'all was like either underdressed? That's like one of the most like you feel like a simpleton, right? Well, you felt like that before because I ain't never felt like that. So that may be you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I, well, I felt like that before. Your mama tell you put your good clothes on and you like, well, I'm going to wear this. And now you look stupid at the party. So I felt like that before being disobedient. Well, there you go. That's that's your problem. Right? Well, okay, Quan, what, well, Quan, what about like this? What about this feeling? Hmm. See a band that looks like yours. And that band is killing. And the next thing you say out of your mouth is, why can't all bands sound like that? Like, I'm right. going to give you two examples. I'm going to give you two examples. These six, seven, eight-year-old kids in New Orleans playing the hell out of a trumpet or a trombone or whatever. If they can do it, it, it they put a level of dedication into that that any kid can do. Right, but we had this conversation on Sunday, bro. It's it's a completely different, different culture. culture, bro. We, it, we, gotta, we gotta, we got I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. I'm about to say, well, go ahead and finish. Yeah. I'm about to say, we compare apples to apples on that one, bro. Go, go ahead. That's not. I, I completely disagree. Wholeheartedly disagree that it just is just culture. It's not, but in my opinion, but the second one is Japanese people. You seen these videos of these middle school Japanese kids? That ain't New Orleans culture. And they playing the hell out of these horns just like everybody else. Look at Indiana culture. Look at Texas man culture. Depending on education in Asia, education is different, and the way that they focus on education is different. That's not true. I mean, the fact that we can make an excuse for any band is as honest as possible, bro. We we literally had this conversation last was it last week about about mentality. This mentality is why bands are being held back. It's because we make. I, I don't. I, I no. I don't disagree. I don't disagree to some to some extent. But that goes back to the question that I was asking about Texas, and Texas programs, and how we view or, or how how kids are not as um, excited to be in Texas programs versus when they're when we compare it to Louisiana. It's just a completely different situation. Are kids capable? Are kids capable? Yes, they're capable. I'm not denying the fact that they're capable. But they're also like you. You even said I think it was either you or Mario that they're they're getting a different vision at an early age. It's like Quan said; those kids were coming up watching these kids or watching their uncles or their parents or their or their brothers playing these programs. So it gives them something to aspire to. You got to remember, man, in secondary education when we're talking about Texas, especially when it comes to us, the first thing we push on our kids is football, basketball. Before we even get to the band aspect, and then when the kids get to the band aspect, for those kids who actually participate, in some cases, or in most cases, or in many cases, a lot of those kids are either A, starting late, or B, not as interested. Then you may have the kid's parents, like Quan said once before, you may have the kid parent who pulls this kid out of it, or is not even investing in that kid. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think I, I get what you're saying, because I believe you and I agree that all kids are capable, but I also think that that the culture that is surrounding them plays a plays a part in it. I mean, obviously, but that, uh, like I said, this is a very negative approach to 
to thinking about how people perceive band. First of all, band culture itself is dying everywhere. It ain't just Texas. It's everywhere. Second of all, to have these generalized comments is not true, man. There are a lot of black people flourishing in these bands, including show style bands. Like I, I bought up, I bought up, I, I know you didn't say that, but what I'm saying is there are a lot of situations, like you can pinpoint all the negative, but there's so much other things happening out there that's positive. Look at DeSoto High School. You know, they ain't out here trying to blow the walls down like everybody else, but I don't know many high schools that can play circles around them in one ensemble. It's a lot of great things. To look at everything through a small prism, oh, this experience was bad. Okay, that's cool. Everybody ain't meant to be, everybody can't be a king or queen. There's got to be servants. You know, same thing in music. Everybody's not going to be Alfred Watkins. I There's got to be other people that, you know, are not going to be as great at what they do. And their band programs are going to be a reflection of them. What I'm saying is as educators, and it's just very simple and I'll get out you have to have high expectation and ambition for your band program. If your ambition is, I want to make sure all my students go to college, then your curriculum that you design with your lesson plan, based on whatever your, your, your school system says, should be revolved around getting your students into college. Go research what these universities are looking for and have Mark audition, bring a clinician, do the work. There are a lot of lazy band directors out there. There's no such thing as a bad band. There's only bad band directors. Now, now, now I, I, I do. So, so for me, I, I see both perspectives and I agree. So I agree that you do have to have expectations. I do believe that you should be goal setting. You know, you should, um, like I tell my students, you may not want to go to college, but with this band, um, participating in the band concert and marching band, it will give you an opportunity to go if nonetheless. Now that that choice is yours at the end of the day. But I do believe that honestly, from even the things that we see, that we're we're we are affected by culture, but we're also affected by infrastructure as well, as like we talked about um on Sunday. Um, but to like to go back to the question, my my goal as a, a music educator is I never want any of my students to feel inadequate in any setting. And I think we have to start, honestly, and I do agree with Rick saying, we can't be the lazy, we cannot be the lazy ones or the one that just accept the status quo of merely entertaining. Because to a degree, we see that from certain colleges as well. Because the colleges, many of the colleges that we are bragging about with great marching bands, we have not yet to say, well, they also have a great wind ensemble. They also have a great symphonic band, but that love for wind ensemble literature comes from that college level too. So, so it all plays hand in hand and not to leave my out. I'm pretty sure it may be some, some dance numbers that you can learn at the college level that inspires you to do more if that's your full-time profession as well. So I, I think, the secondary level, like I say, in my opinion, the middle school and then that college sector are two of the most important aspects because the middle school introduces or should introduces. And then that college level prepares you to introduce you to the real world and expectations of what you're going to do uh, investing into these students. All right. 
I, I, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree with. I'm not disagreeing with, with what you're saying, Quan, or nothing. I'm just. I'm saying I. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess the the reason why I'm just kind of like that. I mean, because once again, Rick, I don't. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that you do have to do the work. You know, but I, I and I do think that there are great things going on in 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 these little pocket areas. You know, but I, I'm going to I'm going to speak on a general sense, mainly because of the fact that when I'm out here or when I'm conversing and I know me and you have had this conversation before specifically. And I and I can only, spe- you know, speak on what I see here and what I've conversed with people here in the state. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not talking about those people outside of the state. But what I what I'm saying is there are a lot of people who have high ambitions and high goals and a lot of drive and are good teachers. And like you said, even have a standard, have a goal, set it, blah, 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 blah. But I think that like, here's an example, having a goal to make sure that all of your kids, let's just say graduate, right. And get into somebody's program. But in the state of Texas, that doesn't necessarily mean your UIL scores are going to be good. That could mean just for the sake of I want to make sure that my kids are well prepared to get into somebody's university. But in but when we look at Texas and the expectations that a lot of principals or fine arts directors, boom, 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 have on directors and what their scores should look like, they, those two things may not align. Now, yes, we do have the teaks that we should follow. Absolutely. When we put our lesson plans together, we should have the teaks that are within our lesson plan and we should follow that le- lesson plan i wholeheartedly for i wholeheartedly understand and get that i just i just see and and have been you know able to be in a position to view it myself to where sometimes those things don't always align because either the culture you have the the situation that you have the infrastructure as Quan talks about like i think a lot of those things can be against you and because of the standard that specifically Texas holds, I think that it, it can, in a lot of a lot of ways, make situations a little bit more difficult. Like you can pull out DeSoto, and I don't disagree with you on DeSoto, but for every one DeSoto, there could be fifteen other Madisons. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, or or from every town view, there could be uh, you know I, that's what I'm saying, and that that's what I'm looking at because we can put we can pick these these you know programs that are doing well sunset townview desoto you know we can but what about all the other programs that that are the the directors are really trying and they're pushing you know and they're really working but you know so that that's just kind of where my brain is and like i said i'm not saying you're wrong bro just because you're trying don't mean you're doing the right work you can try as hard as you want to there's, at the end of the day, if I'm a dancer and I don't know who Alvin Ailey or Barishnikov or all these classically trained and then I can go know who the Fly Girls was from, you know, and live in color, like all the, that's, that, do the research. Like you have, it's, it's one thing, like the mantra people say, work smarter, not harder. You can try, try, try as much as you want, but you, you don't educate yourself on what's going to help make your band program better. You're not doing the right work, no matter how hard you work. So, like I said, man, in my opinion, no indictment against anybody out there. 
there's no such thing as a bad band. There's only a such thing as a bad band director or a director that doesn't have the motivational vision to move his band forward. And that's moving your band forward. Maybe this last year we played grade one. Next year, I'm going to put one grade two in there. I mean, obviously, it has to be goals that you can accomplish. But any growth is good. And I think that's the thing. We want everybody to be Avon High School. Everybody ain't going to be Avon High School. Avon High School has a symphony orchestra. And, I don't I know agree. anything, right? I everybody agree. ain't going to be that. But everybody can be uh, man, um, a DeSoto or, you know, or um, what's another band program that doesn't get the recognition I think they should get? Like uh, what? Skyline. Um, Skyline. Or what um, Chris Knight was doing at Gateway. You remember how we used to be like, man, Gateway got a good band, man. You know, like Chris Knight was doing the right work with that band. I agree. So, I don't disagree. I don't you know, disagree with set that. lofty expectations, but set realistic goals. So that's all I'm saying. All right. Um, I just got this. I just got a 15 sec. I just need a 15 second answer because I know you're going to the next. Well, you what, got if you have, what if your administration is, is against you? Then what? And, and you're doing everything you're saying. And that's but that's one of the things that I'm that's I'm always that's one of the things I'm talking about. You, you sometimes some things don't align. That's that's what I'm saying. I, I hey, but go ahead. That was that was for you, Rick. Big bro. I worked at Prairie View. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough saying. <laughs> you can still have a great band in spite of oh, shots fired. You can still have a great band in spite of. I can say what others can't. I worked at Prairie View for five years. Maya will attest how many times I was up two, three, four o'clock in the morning trying to make sure our band had the stuff we needed. Like it's, it's I'm getting upset now. Like me, I'm paying for you know two hundred and something people to eat. Sometimes I didn't even eat to make sure that my band was able to do what they needed to do. Buying Black Fox stuff that I had no idea. Driving to Houston in my own truck. With nobody paying for my gas to pick up Black Fox uniforms, which like it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Like stop making like that's the problem. We can make every excuse in the world of why it can't work. Let's find the excuse of why it can and do that. That's that's my thing. Man. I'm tired of hearing defeatist attitude. I don't disagree with that because but- Royal High School. I'm gonna use them. Royal High School was not great. Then the right staff got in there, and they're better. It can be done with bad administration, with bad band parents, with everything else. Do the right work. That's it. I got. I, yeah, I can't go for much longer, y'all. So, we, I, yeah. I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> on that. But okay, uh, my, you ain't even giving no thought shit. <laughs> what should our standard of pedagogy be for university level programs, and does that standard help or hurt our secondary programs? I agree. Bang, bang, bang. Honestly, like we, we, you guys have uh, provided pretty much things that I would have said on my own. And I'll be the first to admit this isn't my area of expertise. Um, I think we're all, uh, we all agree that, yes, um, we're not prepared. And of course, that it's going to continue down the line, generation and generation by generation. So, of course, that it's going to hurt secondary programs and so on and so forth. Um, the only thing I guess I would add is that in terms of the standard, I would think that the standard should include something in regards to cross training. Um, so even if it's marching band, growing up, growing up when I went to Townview, 
Mr. Hill, he made sure that whether you were, if you were in marching band, you were at least in one or two other ensembles, jazz band, or orchestra, whatever the case may be, so that you can get that car training so you, that you can extend yourself past what your comfort zone is. So in terms of the standard of itself, I think that it should involve challenge. Um, just like I'm not opposed to dancers taking music classes. I'm not opposed to vice versa. Uh, vice versa at some point. Uh, I don't even know. When we were in band camp, sometimes some of the band kids will come in there and do stretches and things like that with us. But just really putting yourself outside of your comfort zone should be part of the standard. And that's the only other difference than what you all have already commented on that I would add. All right. Cool. All right. Well, you, you got it in there. You snuck it in there in, in, in a good whole minute and 30 seconds. So you said you was going to get it out. You had... I don't want to be repetitive, especially if this is obviously something that can go on and on and on. So there's no need to, to beat a dead horse. I mean, that, that horse is good, dead, and shot. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's all good. Uh, no, I, I, I think that we had a good dialogue tonight. Um, I appreciate everybody for, for joining in. Uh, one more time. Uh, just to, to kind of put it out there as I, as I do these final closeouts, if you have any comments or anything like that, you want to go live with us. The link is pinned inside of the uh, chat room if you would like to do that. Uh, if you have any comments or concerns or, or you want to you want to rebuttal anything that we've said, come on in. Just please make sure that your camera is on. Uh, while we're doing that, I just want to make sure that I go ahead and redo this again. Um, please, please, please support my good friend. Bailey, as he's trying to start his uh, band program is at a charter school in Galveston. Uh, nobody can see that right now, Rick. Uh, but uh, <laughs> he's trying to raise money for his band program and these instruments, man. So please support this, brother. I'll, I'll read it to you. You see it right there on your scene. It says, good morning. I'm trying to raise money to help purchase instruments for our band program at Ambassadors Preparatory Academy uh, Charter School in Galveston. We will be training kids from third to eighth grade. So that's around that area that Quan was talking about, those, those important areas, right? Uh, please, any assistance would be greatly appreciated. You can contact me at 832-996-8869. So let's please go ahead and support that brother because he's really doing his best to try to um, put together a band program. And we want to support, we want to support, we want to support all these, all these young folks, all right? The next thing, once again, we have NAFME Texas. Uh, we are giving away, and, and I always say we because I am a part of NAFME Texas. I'm I'm the chair for diversity and social social justice, uh, and so uh, we are having a uh, free, 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 free fall webinar Tuesday, September 14th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, this webinar will be featuring two sessions by Dr. Constance McCoy who is a professor of music education at the University of North Carolina in Greensboro and a co-author of Culturally Responsive Teaching in Music Education from Understanding to Application. All right, and I'll make sure I'll leave all of that information as far as getting inside of the webinar in the link, uh, or excuse me, in the description uh, once this live finally posts. Uh, and then finally, 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 make sure you get that all seasoning uh get a little love in your life and get that seasoning for you uh put it on your chicken your ribs your pork i don't i don't eat pork and beef but if you put if you eat it you put it on there go ahead i put some on some french fries today and it was awesome he also has an amazing lemon pepper that if you fry your own wings you can make some lemon pepper so 
them lemon pepper wings be off the chain. So go ahead and get that all seasoning, a little love. Uh, and that is by my line brother, uh, Hepston Henry. All right. Uh, before we sign out, uh, Rick, you got anything for the good of the culture? Um, bands be safe, man. I've heard from some friends that are really struggling with COVID issues in their band programs. Uh, mask up inside, y'all. I understand you don't want to, but it's going to help keep your marching season going. You won't lose sections or members. You know, I was looking at holes on the field, and I'm pretty sure in some of these shows that was what it is. So be safe, protect one another. And as I always end, support black people, support black business, education, uh, industry, support black. Um, only way we're going to flourish and make our programs better is to support one another. So that. Oh. All right. Quan, anything for the good of the culture? Yeah. Uh, from the last conversation, honestly, I, I have and I've always set goals. But from the conversation that Rick um, and I, we were dialoguing, um, I, I am going to go back to the drawing board and revamp some goals, um, large goals and smaller goals, uh, specific sectional goals, and even as a micro as individual goals. I, I think that's I think that's fair. And honestly, as an educator, you always want to get better. And I'm looking at the positions that Rick has been in, uh, as well as you, Julian. And if you don't take, you know, heed to wise counsel, then that means you're being foolish. So I'm about to go back to the drawing board. So I, I want to publicly thank y'all for that conversation and make me think about that. Oh, no sweet. All right. My anything you got for the good of the culture? Good, ma. I agree. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, as always, the opportunity to be able to to produce a platform and, and speak on these topics that we need to, <laughs> 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 to address. Um, take what you need. Reach one, teach one. Um, we just we just have to continue to do our part. Investment is key. Um, that pretty much wraps it up. I'm starting to go. I'm starting to go fund me, y'all. I, I, I need to find this young brother right here. I don't. I don't he first he hit us with the my computer ain't working. Then he was in the crack house. I need. We need to find this brother. So, if you've seen him in his southern shirt, please let him know I'm looking for him. I love him. I want him to come back home. Nine o two blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need you to come back home. We miss you. And uh, <laughs> as I always say, man, first of all, please make sure that you subscribe to the channel, like, and turn on your notifications. Like I said, we're going to be uploading uh, every Sunday. I go live uh, by myself, and I, I put a lot of things out there that's on my mind. Uh, and I may bring in somebody every now and then, or I may sit up by myself. Me and Quan were on last Sunday. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But please make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel. Always, once again, please continue to support, 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 support these these people out here who are doing the real work, who are in these trenches. All of these people, all these band directors right now, please support them. I don't care how much you like the program. I don't care how much you dislike the program. Support them. Because right now, you know, like Rick said, dealing with this COVID thing is not some, you know, that we need to take lightly. And we're still trying to keep these programs going. Uh, and, and, you know, myself, Quan and Rick, we're all educators. And we're still trying to make it happen. 
And so, you know, regardless of what you think about somebody's program, whether you like them or dislike them, whether they was blowing or they sounded like a wind symphony, it don't matter. You still need to, to support them uh, because they're out there really, really doing the work. OK. And if you don't if you don't have not one foot of no marching band hours or no band hours, period. Shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, and and I'm and and I'm not trying to be funny, but I mean, it's people out here who who've actually been in this thing. And right now, some some of y'all thought processes I'm good on, you know. And and I'm not trying to be funny, but yo, some of your comments, y'all can be in the background. Let the people who've actually been in, been on the field before actually, you know, put the most comments out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll turn it down. Hold up. Double deduction. But other than that, man, I appreciate you guys sticking with us, joining in. You guys have been holding down with us. I appreciate all y'all. Please make sure y'all like, subscribe to the channel. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.